0: listenership that's a big deal so it's really everything you need in one place to make an amazing podcast all you have to do is download the free anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today in five four three two one what's up everybody welcome to another episode of the genius brain podcast we have a very special guest today you know usually when we do these podcasts i i always bring in like a a couple of set regulars but I actually haven't seen this young lady in the <laughs> longest fucking time. And you're so grown. You're such a big ass girl now, dude.
1: Life happens. <laughs> we have
0: Megan Lee, dude. How Hello. are you? I'm
1: doing great. I mean, you know, surviving like everyone else.
0: When you when when I first met you, did you you just you were on YouTube first or were you on the music scene in the music scene first?
1: Um, I was on YouTube first. I started my channel when I was 13 years old. Fucking shit. Yeah. <laughs> 13 years Even old? Even when I think about it, I'm like, damn, that was crazy. What year was that?
0: What year was that when you were 13?
1: Uh, So that was like 11 years ago. So if I do, yeah, 2009.
0: That's fucking nuts. Yeah. You started, you actually started YouTube before I did. Yeah. Which is fucking crazy.
1: Oh, wh- did I really? Yeah. Oh my God. I think you
0: started a year before I did.
1: I wasn't like super active until I was like 14, 15 though.
0: <laughs> he's so fucking young I wasn't super active until I isn't was 14 a, 14, 14, 15 though. that's so fucking to 15 funny
1: 15 though how old are you <laughs> I'm 24
0: fucking shit
1: yeah oh, man, you
0: a big ass girl did you did you go to
1: college and everything? I didn't go to college well I took yeah, like college huh? <laughs> I mean I do I still have it at the back of my head mm-hmm. Um, I, I do wish to have time to go back to college but the thing is that like I don't know exactly what I would want to study I don't want to study music I don't want to study acting or film uh, I want to do something that's completely different, um, and that I would have a lot of passion for. Well, I
0: mean, if you don't know what you want to go to college for, don't go to college.
1: Exactly. That's why I'm it's like, a it's a lot of, of, it's a lot of money, it's a lot of time and dedication, and I just don't want to, like, have added stress. Do to, you feel like, like you uh,
0: you missed out on a on a, an experience from not going to college? Because I feel like that's a lot of people. Yes, I you know.
1: Um, I didn't go to high school either. I was homeschooled because damn you didn't go
0: to high school either no
1: damn girl you ain't been <laughs> bullied have a, yet fuck i had though, a very though. interesting life i think i can say um because i started being exposed to like mm-hmm. the public at a very young age so like i i d- started acting when i was 10 years old and i did a lot of commercials i was always like on like local tv and like kids at school recognized me i got made fun of it for it Actually, a lot, but hey, um, kids are so
0: fucking mean, dude. Yeah, like, they're like, <laughs> I, oh, I saw
1: you on a kids' pop commercial. Yeah. Um, but, uh, and then I just like, I love music, so I wanted to like express myself and I discovered YouTube and all of like our favorite YouTube artists from back in the day, like the Asian American community. And I got inspired to like make my own videos and kind of got started through there. Whose and, choice
0: was it for you to go to uh, go through homeschool? Was that something that you wanted or your parents wanted?
1: Um, It was kind of. Both because while I was acting, I started getting more. I started getting busier towards like fifteen, sixteen years old, going into high school. Yeah, and I realized that my local high school, uh, they were very strict because they were a charter school. Uh, they were strict on uh, attendance. So, knowing that I miss school a lot, especially during middle school, yeah. it's just not acceptable. They're going to give me automatic Fs if I miss a certain amount of classes. So, I thought they would
0: do the thing where you get to take your work somewhere else, like if you have...
1: They did have a program called Independent Studies. Yeah. So, I did that for a year, and then I moved to Korea. Oh. So, yeah, I moved to Korea uh, like towards the last the, the first year, the end of the first year of high school, and... I became homeschooled since then. That's
0: fucking nuts, man. Like I, I feel like a big part of me growing up, like. Even though I don't remember everything from high school, mm-hmm. high school was a huge part of me that helped molded who I was today, right? Yeah. In terms of adversity, dealing with like social awkwardness, you know, yep. the, that that weird love phase, that dating phase, <laughs> liking the girl in high school that you're kind of scared to meet up and talk to uh-huh. and stuff. I mean, for you, I mean, that's that's something that you were exempt from, right? Mm-hmm. So, how I mean, how does that work for you then? Like when you were, <laughs> I mean, when you're in that ages age from what, 14 all the way till 18, right? Yeah. How does the dating experience happen for you?
1: It was non-existent. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay. I, didn't, I didn't really date. I didn't date at all, actually, in high school um, during that year, d- during those years. Really? Because I moved to Korea. I did a little singing competition show. I don't know if you knew about that, but I did that and I got signed to a label. And so I lived there for four years. So all throughout my high school years, I was in Korea. And I, I don't, in some ways, I feel like I didn't really miss out that much from high school because I, Feel like I kind of got like punched in the face with life in general at a like very fast all at once. At yeah, such a young age, yeah, I mean age. that's
0: that's the difference though. It's like high school is where you're you're allowed to be a kid, and so yeah, I think yeah, for, for you, true. you were kind of forced up forced to be a grown up so fucking fast. Yeah, you know,
1: and- I had my moments where I was still able to have fun because at the end of the day, like. I knew that's that's what I wanted. I knew that I wanted. Which is great, yeah. Yeah, I, I wanted I wanted to be a singer. I wanted to be an entertainer. Like whatever it took for me to like do what I love to do. And at that time, it was to go to Korea and like be singer there.
0: What was the show that you were on?
1: It was called We Dan which okay. translates to Great Great Birth of a Star uh, in Korean.
0: Is that like American Idol?
1: It was like more like The Voice because they had like mentorship. Oh, yeah. Who's your mentor? Uh, Park Jong Oh, really? Yeah. Damn, that's fucking crazy, dude.
0: Does <laughs> that, ner- that make you super nervous?
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh, hella. Uh, like, and the worst part was that I sucked at Korean. I didn't speak a lick, lick of Korean. My pronunciation was trash. Yeah. I sounded like like a whitewashed person for sure. I yeah, I was constantly criticized for not being able to speak Korean well. So that was like a really big uh stress for me living in Korea, like a huge culture shock being on the show. Were you
0: criticized by your peers or was it criticized just by Korean people in Korea in general?
1: In general. Yeah. In the media and also like on set like by the Tekka, like the the writers, producers, uh staff on the show. They would always be like, Megan, you have to practice your Korean more. But like yeah, I mean it's a thing in Asia where like they expect you to like oh hundred yeah, percent. And it's funny to because know the mother language.
0: Uh, I only know of this because of Korean people that come to the United States and they judge you right, and yeah. I'm like, bitch, you're in fucking America, bitch. I'm judging you like the fuck, which is so odd. Like I never understood why, specifically like in Korea, they're so particular about they are. it. Like they like to see they're
1: very judgmental very judgmental especially like <laughs> Like they, they it, fucking but...
0: don't like the fact that you can't speak the language even though they know your backstory they go you could tell them like bro yeah, don't I, care. I was born in the United States mm-hmm. and it's like for them that would be like me saying like well you came to the United States when you were a fucking I don't know, fifteen years old, and you can't speak English, and I should shit on you for that.
1: Yeah, you know, which exactly. is a very, which is
0: a very odd thing.
1: It's it is, um, and so dealing with that was definitely stressful. Living there, a lot of cultural shock, a lot of language barriers. It was really hard for me to really express myself. I feel like um, I, those years to me are actually very vivid. Um, mm. Like like how you were saying, um, you don't really remember your high school years. For me, like. It's, it was so impactful that like till this day like I still remember a lot of details of like my experiences being in Korea and just like being a teenager there um and it's because like I felt like I didn't have a voice like I was constant like I'm naturally a people pleaser mm. and like being in Korea like there is that like hierarchy like respecting your well, elders that's good in Korea like-, like
0: people like people pleasers in Korea they yeah. like they like the hierarchy of the younger person. You know, mm-hmm. respecting the older person. You see, thing. I knew that
1: it benefited me because I knew that, like, oh, I just have to be tuckke, I have to be a good mm-hmm. person. No, people will hate
0: me in Korea, dude. I'd be problematic <laughs> as but fuck. But the thing
1: is that I lost my voice. Like, I felt like I didn't deserve to have an opinion. I couldn't speak out. Um, I couldn't make even creative decisions on my own. Like when I was on this show specifically, they didn't allow me to sing, uh, an English song, because really? I don't. Yeah, I don't know why. Um. But they had other Korean singers, Korean-American singers, too, that uh, sang English songs. And I really wanted to sing an English song to really showcase like my style and the type of music that I like to sing. And I really love R&B, uh, pop, soul music. And I really wanted, really wanted to sing a Christina Aguilera song. Yeah. And they didn't let me... And uh, they would just give me, like, songs that I've never heard of before and just make me sing it on the spot and just, like, purposely try to, like, I don't know, like, embarrass me because I couldn't speak Korean.
0: You know, it's so fascinating when I hear that because I had another friend who was on a a Korean show as well, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, she probably doesn't want me to say her name, so I won't say her name. But she 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 did one of these contestant shows, right? And she spoke I have yet to meet somebody who has been on one of those Korean shows that talked about a good experience. And <laughs> it's, 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 you know, at first, Actually it's like, true. it's like, first, it's kind of like, okay maybe it's just one person yeah. but what is it about two three or four people now and they say the same things mm-hmm. it makes me wonder what what goes on in this industry right now and speci- specifically how you know the Korean work culture is and how they treat people who are quote unquote subordinates mm-hmm. now there's a lot of Korean people who listen to this in Korea and you know they have a lot of Korean pride and they might come out and defend this mm-hmm. I'm talking about personal stories so you can go fuck and die for all I care but this is <laughs> this is really no because there's always like some kind of fuck
1: welcome to the show there's always
0: <laughs> some kind of fuck out there they go well you never you, I'm not talking about my experience i'm talking mm-hmm. about with these people i've had one-on-one conversations with them yeah about people who have been in this industry mm-hmm. and this is how it is for any kind of entertainment industry but specifically yeah. in korea it seems really harsh yeah like after she was done with uh being a contestant on the show mm-hmm. she she spoke of how they they kind of just tossed her off like she was garbage like after she was done they didn't number one she doesn't speak any korean at all you know wow and she doesn't know how to get around. The only relative that she had in Korea was her grandmother. And so she was there. And they're like, okay. Oh, well, I think you,
1: I know who you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, you kicked off yeah. the show.
0: And they just left her off in the middle of the street. And that was it.
1: Like, yep, that happens. <laughs>
0: like, what the fuck is that? Like, mm-hmm. the, the fact that they couldn't even treat, treat her like a respectable human being is the most aggravating thing. And uh, even with her, I've, you know, I've heard other stories of, of another girl who, very talented musician. And she was scouted Mm -hmm. and they loved her music they loved her style she definitely had some stuff that people in korea didn't have and she had a lot to offer yeah but they wanted her to get surgery to change certain things about her face and she said no so they said we're good
1: (laughs) you know what i mean like how the fuck and it seems to happen a lot to women Mm. oh specifically with these types of shows like and that's what i've i've seen the bias i've seen like the discrimination i definitely felt the discrimination. Like I saw other peers who were in my position, Korean American, uh, didn't really know how to speak Korean well, but they were male and they were always more favored by mm-hmm. the staff on the shows. And to me, they'd be like, to, to another guy that speaks probably worse Korean than I do, they'd be like, oh my God, you're so cute. Oh, haha, you're so funny. Uh, it's so charming that you don't speak Korean well. It's okay, you'll learn. And then to me, like, you piece of shit! <laughs> they what, what is be that? Because
0: like um, just another personal story. I'm not going to say anything. Well, actually, you know, Mary will will speak about this on a podcast maybe when she comes on later. But she she my my fiance spoke about not not so much in uh, Korean culture, mm-hmm. but in Japanese culture too. It's also like that as well. Specifically, yeah. how they speak to and treat women in the company. Yeah. Right. She she told me of this re- uh, really quick story. I'm just going to paraphrase it. Where essentially, you know. She worked for a Japanese uh, a company that came to America, mm-hmm. and it was a food company. It was a food conglomerate, right? And she is like the liaison for American culture, and so her opinion really does matter, especially when it mm-hmm. comes to the workspace and how they treat employees. Oh yeah. So you know she was she kind of said her opinion about you know how things go go about here, and one of the male guys looked at her and basically straight up said to her in Japanese like, "You're a woman. Why are you even talking?" You know what I mean? Like that's that's the type of stuff that you know, and I I feel like those are the similarities, the very bad similarities in Japanese and Korean work culture that happens a lot. Yeah, and it's weird because they're they're kind of bringing you on, and you guys are singing like American songs and shit, and they they know that you're from America, but yeah.
1: I think nowadays uh in the recent years, it has gotten a little better mm-hmm. from what I hear and what I see in the media, but it's they're they're still so behind when it comes to uh the change in like their th- the wo- work culture in general was it
0: was it hard for you specifically because you were so young, right? yeah, and... it was
1: very confusing. I just didn't mm. know how to react. I just know that I felt horrible about it, and I the worst part was like at the time like I thought I deserved to feel horrible. Like mm. You know what I mean? It it was I I just didn't know how to react exactly. So kind
0: of like how they made you feel you felt like that was it was your fault?
1: Yeah. And mm. so I constantly felt like I had to like better myself. That was actually my motivation so I actually did learn Korean. Mm-hmm. I speak reasonably well like conversationally. Yeah. Um but it, it, it took a lot of, like, blood, sweat, and tears because of the constant criticizing. I think I could have spoke even better Korean if they were, like, really nice about it and more encouraging. Yeah. But because they're just so bashing, I'm just, like, crying. And I want, for me, I guess I had a pretty.
0: This podcast is brought to you by Purple, my friends. Have you been sleeping on a piece? of turd your whole life i guarantee you have not been sleeping on a purple mattress let alone any purple product because their products are absolutely amazing if you've ever received a purple product before you already know about the technology you already know about that mesh integrated cooling stuff that rocket science technology that was developed to keep you comfortable i've had the worst sleeps of my life until I met up with my purple. Uh, The purple technology in this stuff is really, really crazy, especially for somebody like me who has been sleeping on really, really hard beds. And on top of that, uh, I get really hot and the purple technology keeps me super cool. So kudos to that. Well, my friends, Experience the Purple Grid and you'll sleep like never before. Go to purple.com slash GB10 and use promo code GB10. For a limited time, you'll get 10% off any order of $200 or more. That's purple.com slash GB10. Promo code GB10 for 10% off any order of $200 or more. Terms apply.
1: Tough skin, I guess, for a 15-year-old. So I just like – I took it and I used it as fuel to just learn – Freaking learn Korean. I just
0: tell them I'm Chinese. (laughs) I'm I'm Chinese. This is what you get. This is pretty good for a fucking Chinese guy. That's what I do. If I go to Korea and somebody gives me shit about my fucking Korean, I'm slapping them in the fucking face.
1: (laughs) Also, my motivation was like, I knew that I wanted to be a singer in Korea. And so, like, I knew, like, if I'm going to be a singer here, I'm going to have to learn the language anyway. So it's just like, I knew that it was like a price to pay. mm. Just got to pay my dues and stuff. Who's Um, who's,
0: like the one that's kind of, I mean, when I see you as as a 14 or 15 year old girl and you're in Korea, you're going through all these emotions specifically a lot of self-esteem issues because yeah. of how these people are talking to you specifically as a young woman out there Yeah. Um, who's like the one that's in your corner then that's kind of giving you a lot of good advice that's helping you and supporting you my Did mom you... oh your mom was out there with you yeah oh that's great I don't think I would
1: have survived if my mom wasn't there that's great yeah so I was really really lucky like I've heard other stories from like people my age who were out in Korea trying to pursue music there as well and they didn't have their parents they didn't have like a family member to be their moral support and it's it's freaking hard, you yeah. know, being that young to be out there and be so like bashed and criticized and like have life thrown at you all at once. Um, I was I was able to survive because of my mom, honestly. What
0: kind of what kind of things were like said to you specifically? Like what would they say to you?
1: Everything from like my Korean to the way I sing to um, my looks, everything. Like pretty really? much they just criticize every aspect of me
0: what would they say about your looks
1: um so i did get signed to a label there Mm -hmm. uh and i was like a trainee for two years and then i debuted in my label i actually got plastic surgery consultation and they just literally drew like a map of a face and just like drew like dotted lines jesus and like told me like i had to cut my jaws i had to like do this to my nose like make my eyes bigger and all all like the typical like beauty standards that you would expect from like korean celebrities and um uh the the total the amount of money that it would take for me to look a certain way was just like <laughs> it was so big that like my label was just like okay let's just go all natural <laughs> <laughs> That's, <laughs> so fucking we gave rid- up, but That's fucking
0: ridiculous. Man. I was so
1: scared though. Actually, I did do one procedure. Um, they actually removed my mole. I had a small little. I actually really miss it. Um, I had a small little dot. It looked oh, like a really? pen mark on my face. <laughs> right. My mom really liked it too. She's like, it's it's like made up, like a little charm. Yeah, yeah. I had one here. I had one here. Yeah. And if you look at my old pictures, it's like it's gone. Uh, it's there, but now it's it's gone. So. That's that crazy
0: it? man i mean yeah. it's it's so weird that they would do that to somebody so young and they would ask you to change your face, especially when you're when you you you're barely a fucking adult, you're not even an adult yet, yeah, and that's something that you honestly straight up there there are some people out some women out there, and even boys right, but I'll say for girls. Yeah. There are some girls out there at your age when you were like fourteen or fifteen. You guys haven't even grown to your fucking face yet. No, you don't even <laughs> you don't even know what you're going to look like later. I'm a on. I'm very
1: slow growing. I realize, like <laughs> you I, haven't, you haven't changed one
0: bit. You look at, you went into a time capsule <laughs> and you just stayed in there the whole time. So when you when you got this page and they're like telling you this is what you have to change in your body, how did yeah. that make you feel?
1: I I cried. I cried for a good week. I felt so ugly. Uh, wow. From then on, I just I I was actually a very confident kid. Yeah. I guess you could say I was blissfully ignorant. I was that kid that like I don't know if you remember, but like I I wore like the craziest outfits. <laughs> I had like knee high socks. that had like rainbows on them. Like I was literally like an Asian JoJo. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. But like. not as not as excessive but like I was like an Asian Jojo like I just like I didn't give an F like I wore whatever the heck I want I was like super bubbly I still am but um I just was so I was so pure and they took that away from me I felt like because from then on after I got the plastic surgery consultant after living in Korea and being constantly criticized for everything that I am I started to doubt myself a lot In Mm. anything that I do. I was very, um, I just had no self-esteem for any creative choices, any life choices, anything. Like uh, even the way I looked, I just was constantly just insecure about everything.
0: You know, when I I have a conversation with, um, I I didn't grow up with a lot of Korean people. So I I don't know technically, like my Korean American experience is simply from my outlook from my family. That's really about it. And what I'm finding out is that my family is actually very, very odd. Like they don't—they're not very <laughs> really? typically Korean. Okay. They don't. My mom doesn't really judge the way that I look, the way that I act or behave. She just always wanted me to be happy. That's which is, so
1: sweet. It's, it's
0: not very Korean from what I'm hearing from other people. Yeah. Right? The only hardcore Korean thing was my dad. He wanted me to be a doctor, lawyer, businessman. Okay. That's really about it. He was the hardcore typical Korean dad. My dad
1: was like that too. Yeah. My and mom the, was like your mom. Yeah. Which is yeah. very
0: nice to have. That—that that was the, the the great balance of things. Mm-hmm. It is kind of hard, like listening to you when you're when you're that young too you're super impressionable and then you have a young child that's super bright that wants to do things and then you yeah. just tell them that they can't do anything and it's like how can you take that away from somebody who's supposed to be like your star like yep. you're supposed to build these these young people up and when I you know I tell I tell these stories before all the time right specifically on this podcast mm-hmm. and every fucking K-pop stan comes at me they're like what the fuck do you know it's like bitch I'm in fucking entertainment I know more about <laughs> this shit than you ever fucking will you're on the outside and you're listening to this shit but we're talking about real stuff from people that I have met, you know, and your story too is very congruent with a lot of these young K-pop stars that I've met and they talk about their experiences. And, you know, yeah. I always wonder too, you know, when when people go into these situations, do people understand the the trade-off that you get? You know, yeah. you, you lose when a label takes over, right? And this is not just in Korea too. This is like music in general. You you essentially become their product. like, And they want their product to be exactly the way yeah. that they want it to essentially,
1: be. Essentially, that's what it is. <laughs> you yeah. know?
0: And if you deviate from that, they're like, well, we're not getting what we asked for in this product. And they get hyper disappointed. Yeah. Which the, the hard and sad part about that is that you kind of, you lose your human aspect. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, where's my voice? Is this really an art? And so when I say when I say to people, when she's talking about her surgery situation and i say this and you guys get mad when i say every one of these fucking girls look exactly the same i i'm not saying it as a diss it's a fucking fact <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know yeah. they go to the same fucking surgeon there's only
1: one kind of beauty standard in korea it's not like all shapes and sizes it's mm-hmm. not like that over there at least not yet
0: i mean it, i i feel it's it's weird because i'm watching like k-pop now and i remember the uh, specifically in Asia the the thigh gap thing was huge right? oh my god
1: yep. <laughs>
0: and, uh-huh. now, <laughs> and now the the more curvaceous women are coming out and mm-hmm. now that, that's starting to be a little popularized right mm-hmm. showing a little you know what's so weird I saw a, a K-pop video music video and they were fucking like making out in that shit which really be- which one I can't remember I was at a restaurant and it was it was very odd it was very sexualized oh. and I don't you don't really usually see that
1: yeah it's uh, still pretty conservative over there yeah. Yeah, relatively. Yeah. I mean, the,
0: the the production value in their music video is fucking insane. Yeah, I think that's where like Korean entertainment's really fucking good. Is.
1: They thrive in that aspect for sure.
0: What was your? Uh, when when did you debut? Uh,
1: when did I debut? I think it was two thousand eleven.
0: How yeah. did that feel for you? Um. Especially because you went through all this fucking bullshit.
1: <laughs> you know what's so sad? I that. Like, my goal was to ultimately debut, uh-huh. and I was, like, working so hard and paying my dues to that moment, and then when I did, it didn't feel good. Really? No. Why? I mean, it felt like a relief that, like, yay, I debuted, but at the time, like, more shit was going down in the company. I, I don't want to talk too much about the details, Yeah. but... Uh, it, it was like everything was just so hyperactive negatively in within behind the scenes that it, it drove me to file a lawsuit against my company to leave. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so that's the biggest reason why I was like unhappy also because I was going through vocal issues. So that's actually um, one of the biggest things that like has an impact to me today even um, when I
0: Your vocal notes.
1: Uh-huh, i started developing vocal notes oh shit yeah and i still struggle with it today and so that's why like music is like it it yeah it's it's a very complicated thing for me in i my mean life. If, if
0: they if they had these people training you and shit like weren't they wary of that shit like vocal notes are serious shit
1: they literally there's this is one person in the company that was telling me that i have to sing until like my vo- my throat bleeds
0: that's fucking nuts i was
1: singing for hours and hours to the point it became like really unhealthy and i wasn't sleeping i wasn't eating correctly either like i was literally eating like half a sweet potato some cherry tomatoes and a small piece of tofu and that's it
0: you know what's so nuts to when i hear stuff like that there is so they put so much idea and thought into you know whatever, the image of these Korean pop stars, right? Yeah. You can't fucking hire a fucking nutritionist. (laughs) Like, there's a science to this, specifically when it comes to people losing weight and being fit. There's a science to this, including rest, active rest, uh, off days. And uh, as a vocal teacher, they should know that too. Like, you can't make somebody The crazy
1: thing is that, like, the person that... Well, there's people in the company that would give me these, like, diets, Mm -hmm. but also this was recommended by like i had a, a personal uh trainer okay and they would give me this kind of diet as well
0: is he a dumb fuck like <laughs> like, like there's i because I, i've you know i lost like a sizable amount of weight and so it, these nutritionists they understand i mean th- is it because they want you to lose weight faster or what like what are they going for i don't I understand think, yeah
1: faster yeah they they a lot of koreans kind of do that like like a lot of weight lost in a really short amount of time. and um,
0: Which is an odd thing yeah. because you're training for, what, a couple of years, right? I mean, you could get whatever ideal body that they want in terms of fitness in two years is a perfect amount of time. Yeah, it should be a slow thing. Yeah, I, I don't understand that. Like, you have all this money, you can't hire a proper nutrition and a proper nutritionist, a dietitian, and a trainer. Like, that's why the fuck not?
1: <laughs> you, yeah, you know,
0: and you could do it in a healthy way. I don't understand how a vocal coach can tell you sing until your fucking throat bleeds when. That's the exact opposite of what you should do. I mean, look yeah. at people like Celine Dion. She doesn't even use her voice at all. If she yeah. has a performance that week, she doesn't talk. Yeah. Rest, rest, mm-hmm. rest, rest. Yeah. People, these are basic concepts, specifically when it comes to singing. I don't understand why they would say that to you.
1: Yeah, and I think also at the same time, it was just like a lot of mental... Trying to break you down. It was just like, yeah, it was just like a lot of mental breakdown, like a lot of pressure. And I just didn't know how to handle everything because it was just like a lot and I was really young
0: (laughs) like how could you handle that shit
1: yeah and like I I think also like again um it was just like the lack of self-esteem so I wasn't able to really like keep myself stable and strong enough to the point that like it without even realizing it was all the stress was attacking my like my health and so um at one point right before my debut I lost my voice oh. and I got really sick um, I got like like my entire body was just sick like I was having like stomach issues I was throwing up and um, also because I was just like nutrition deficient yeah and um, I lost my voice as well and then I got better better I went to uh, the ENT because I was starting to have like issues with like my singing um, that was very abnormal and uh i couldn't even sing my debut song comfortably and that's obviously an issue so like i went to the ent and he said like oh um you have you like you're just like you're overusing your voice just like get rest and i'm like ha rest yeah <laughs> <laughs> sure yeah um, don't tell that to
0: my vocal coach huh? <laughs> yeah, like, she told me to sing till like, i Yeah, it's a joke right yeah.
1: um and i just kind of like I don't know. I didn't really think much of it. I really regret that so much. I wish like I was even more vocal again and more adamant about my health.
0: But you couldn't be though, because at that point they're grooming you to obey. And when you're that young and they break you down systematically, continuously every day, you lose your voice like you did, you know, you know. Physically and metaphorically, right? Yeah. So, you know, you as a 14 or 15 year old, there's absolutely no way that would have happened. Yeah. I mean, even for me as a four, I was a very defiant child, but if somebody's grooming me to be an obedient pet, it would be hard for me to break out of that shit too. Mm-hmm. You know, not everybody's gonna be that, you know, people, a lot of people like to talk about personal responsibility, but there's yeah. personal responsibility and there's also the reason why people do what they do at a certain point, right? So what I mean by that is that a lot of people can tell you, well, you should have just spoke up, but you weren't in that situation. Yeah. You don't know what led to me being in that mental state where I couldn't speak up. Mm-hmm. So for you as a 14 or 15 year old, I this podcast is brought to you by BetterHelp. Is there something interfering with your happiness or is preventing you from achieving your goals? Maybe you realize that your mental health needs a boost or it's just something you haven't really focused on in your life. I personally have done online counseling and therapy and it's been great. Mental health has been a huge focus in my life, especially the past year. And it's something that I believe that people attend to on a consistent basis. BetterHelp is great because they can match you with your own professional licensed therapist. You can schedule your sessions via phone, communicate and message online, video calls, and you can even change your counselors if needed. If you want to give this a try, of course, for my Genius Brain listeners, I got the hookup for you to get 10% off your first month of BetterHelp. Just type in betterhelp.com slash genius to get that offer today. Once again, that's B-E-T-T-E-R. H-E-L-P dot com slash genius to get 10% off your first month of BetterHelp to a better you. I wouldn't even made it that far. <laughs> I would just been like, fuck you, fuck you, fuck I you. I wish
1: I had that <laughs> energy, honestly. I was just like- <laughs> I wouldn't
0: have gone anywhere, though. No, you know? but
1: like, but the, you're protecting yourself. But I was such an enabler. And there's definitely, I mean, it's perks because, you know, you're paying your dues and you'll get to where you want to be. But at the end of the day, like- It destroys you. And I really do feel like that. I feel that impact. Today, like, I deal with a condition called MTD, muscle Mm -hmm. tension dysphonia. And it has developed over the years.
0: What's MTD? What is it exactly? So,
1: basically, it's a condition where your throat uh, would tense up a lot. Like, the muscles around, like, your vocal cords would tense up a lot. Like, you know when you're nervous or, like, like, vocal fry, like, all that stuff. Like, eventually, at some point, like... You, I, I, I kind of like forgot how to sing these days. I don't sing live
0: mm. because
1: it, it physically hurts, yeah. to sing. And um, it hasn't always been that way from the beginning, it's just slowly developed over time. And a lot of it is also affected by my mental health as well.
0: Also, oh, so it's sorry. a psychological issue, maybe,
1: Psycho- psychological, but also I had notes as well,
0: yeah, mm-hmm.
1: and I just like. I was just so unaware of it.
0: That's crazy. So yeah. for people who don't know who vocal nodes are, those are like, that's the the, the death call for singers, right? Yeah. And so, you know, a lot of people think that you can just get surgery from it. Well, there's mm-hmm. a very high chance that after you get uh, surgery for vocal nodes that it can change your voice forever. Like it'll yeah. it'll fuck up your voice. Yeah. So for example, uh, Mariah Carey, she had ridiculous uh, vocal nodes and you guys have heard her sing live. That shit is terrible.
1: It changes your voice too. Mm-hmm. Like the actual, like the tone of your mm-hmm. voice and the pitch of your voice, too, which is why, like, I sound a lot lower than I usually do. Mm. So, yeah, and then knowing that I had this condition, um, at the same time, like, I went to the ENT uh, earlier, last year, Mm -hmm. and it was very liberating to know, like, I actually had notes, even though I was really sad, but at the same time, like, okay, at least I know what the problem is. Yeah. Um, And... Just like with more rest, I'm, I'm being I'm being more aware and conscious of like how I use my voice. Um, it doesn't help sometimes when I stream. I stream on Twitch, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> Twitch.tv/slash Hello Megan Lee. Um, it doesn't help sometimes like with hours and hours of talking. Uh, it can take a toll. But um, knowing that what the problem is now specifically, because back then like I didn't know I had I didn't have nodes. It was like it was just like a small vocal tear. Yeah. And it just like developed over time because I was just, I I minimized it. Yeah. And so now that I know it's it's, a, it's an actual issue and not just me. Ooh, man, vocal tears my, suck.
0: Like I remember, because I used to go to these like, you know, ridiculous parties and shit and we'd just be screaming.
1: Yeah. You know,
0: and then you could actually, you, when you're vocal, when you could I'm feel like, it and I could actually taste blood sometimes. I'm like, oh shit, <gasps> I think I tore some shit because we'd be screaming oh, our no. fucking heads off. And yeah. so like, I, I kind of, I mean, I healed from it, so it's fine. But I remember when that first happened, I was like, I think I just tore my shit.
1: (laughs) Oh, no. Sounds like you had a good time, though. (laughs) Yes, we
0: fucking did. (laughs) But that's why I hated going to clubs, too. Clubs, you always have to scream so you could talk to somebody.
1: I avoid very loud places. Yeah,
0: because that shit fucks your voice up all the time. I don't do that shit anymore. It it, it, like ruins my voice. It sucks. sucks. Especially when I was doing these fucking YouTube videos. All I I was doing was screaming. That shit sucked, dude. It ruined my voice. I fucking hated it. how does it help with your i mean i think mentally because your whole life you have been singing and that's something that you know obviously you have found a way to still be involved in music right yes but now that performance aspect is not there and you know you do have these vocal notes how does that how does that make you feel personally because i uh when i'm thinking about that i think of you know fighters who get really old you know they, they can't do what they what they feel like is their Kind of like their destiny to do, right? Yeah. And it, sometimes yeah. these things happen their where identity. It gets, yeah, it gets stripped away, and then yeah. you have to make adjustments. Some people don't make great adjustments, and they, they kind yeah. of spiral. So for you, how do you deal with that?
1: <sighs> so that that is actually like the 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 main theme of my twenties, actually. Mm. Uh So the past like three years, I'm 24 now. um, As I turned 21, I realized I. It was like very up and down after I left Korea. After I left the label, I did a show on Nickelodeon, and that was a very heavily music music demanding show. Mm-hmm. We had like forty plus songs, and I I was the main character, so I sang on everything. And um, during that show, like I I felt like me again. I was yeah. able to sing, and it, before then, I like got some rest before starting the show. So like. I and they were it. calling
0: you fat and telling you to get yeah, and it was like
1: a, a good confidence booster. <laughs> yeah. and like I got to do something that I really wanted to do. Like as a kid, like I've always wanted to be on Disney or Nickelodeon, and I I got I got the job, and so I did that, and I also like made a decent amount of money, and um, was able to take care of my family too, and so like it was great. And then after the show, I was doing a lot of music independently, and then I came to a point. Where I, was start, where I was starting to deal with vocal issues again. And it didn't get better. It just kept getting worse and worse and worse. And it started taking a toll on my mental health because I hold so much pride. I think I, I you might know, understand, like, as a musician, like, I hold so much pride in the quality of my performances. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, my music, I'm super, super picky. And uh, I'm a perfectionist. And I really want to make sure that I'm always getting better but when I see and hear myself not improving and just slowly feel like I'm getting worse I I I don't even know like how to even describe the feeling of how like I started to like hate myself and like I started to lose like my sense of identity because mm-hmm. I really let music like define me as a whole yeah even though main mainly acting is like my biggest passion, but I've held so much pride for my music because I invested so much of my life to it. Yeah. Um, And so...
0: So how do you deal with that then?
1: I just... I don't know. During that time, um, I was just kind of living life. I think I just tried to distract myself with other aspects of life. Like I dated and like... um, for for like being 20, like I never really had a social life before. So I started like going out, meeting friends, actual people my age. Cause like growing up when I was like 15, 16, like everyone was always older than me or Mm -hmm. I just like didn't have friends at all because I was constantly working. And um, also I was a soloist. It's not like I had members, you know, to like be friends with. And so, um, yeah, I just like, started living life and that's Mm -hmm. how i coped with a lot of things like having friends um i still kept a really good relationship with my mom and doing music i think i just kind of like i just stuck it through i just thought like i know it's i just kept thinking it's gonna get better it's gonna get better um until it didn't it got a lot worse now um but i actually have been starting to meditate and it's been helping a lot i'm not like a super religious person but I am spiritual, and I like believe that there's something out there, like a like a God or some kind of like I don't know entity in the mm-hmm. universe. And so, um, mainly, I just want to focus on like centering myself and um, staying grounded, and also just getting back that like self love and confidence that I had when I was 13.
0: Have you have you have you been going to like therapy or?
1: I I have gone to therapy, but. Um... I, I guess maybe because I haven't found the right person yet it it's hasn't hard. really worked it,
0: it, it, takes a, it takes a while like yeah. you know I think the biggest misconception in therapy is that you think that the first therapist that you go to is going to be the one it's never no. like that that's just like finding a church like yeah. you gotta you, you, you cycle through a lot until you mm-hmm. find that person that really kind of you can connect to and really open yeah. open with
1: I've gone to three different people and had multiple sessions with them but I just haven't found the right and then corona hit <laughs>
0: yeah, corona don't help yeah. at all shit especially, especially people with social anxiety that shit fucking sucks you know?
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um i mean i'm i've been very very aware of like my mental health and i knew that i accepted that it wasn't in the best place and so i'm just doing whatever it takes to just really take care of myself whether that's like meditation and i am looking to see um like online therapy as well um but i just there's something about like in-person yeah, I mean you'll you find
0: out what works for you. And this, this yeah. is this a, is a very interesting conversation just because uh you know, I've I've had to have these conversations with a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um Specifically in this space, when it came to YouTube, mm-hmm. uh, recently, uh, like I, I mentioned to you, a buddy of ours was talking about. Um, he tweeted out that his YouTube isn't doing as well as it used to, and yeah. he's kind of sad that he's accrued so many subscribers, but you know only he's maybe getting like a thousand views per video. Yeah, right? that's
1: so unfortunate. And I feel
0: that the the harsh reality of things, especially specifically when it comes to entertainment, and yep. this is what I always tell a lot of my YouTube friends and. They kind of get sad about how their YouTube views are or how their career is going now, and some of these people they've been on the space for ten plus years, yeah, and what I tell them is that you know television shows don't go past barely past two, three seasons, and you've been able to do what you've been able to do with the amount of money that you've made and accrued, whether you chose to waste it all was your your choice, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but with all that Oof. stuff that you've done. You've been able to basically have a television show for ten plus years. Most people don't get that opportunity, right?
1: Very true. Like saying it like that. Wow, that's very eye opening. It's, it's kind yeah. of
0: nuts. Like people, I don't think that really sits well with people. They don't really think about that. You've mm-hmm. essentially been able to develop your own television show, your own programming at your own accord, without having to go through any red tape, no producers, nobody telling wow. you how to do things forever. And ten plus years of it—that's wow. fucking crazy. Nobody gets that. Even some of the most highly successful people on YouTube now—they're here for five years, six years—they go nuts and they fucking bounce. Wow. You know
1: that's actually so true. Oh, wow. I feel so much better now.
0: It's a very crazy concept. And when I, yeah. you know, when I hear that and I see that, I always say too, there's a little bit of personal responsibility for us too. Mm-hmm. Things change, tastes change. Yeah. If we're doing the same thing over and over and over and expecting better results than the initial ones that we got, then wow. we're, the, we're the ones that are insane at this point. Yes. If the platform has changed and it's not being conducive to the stuff that you like, then you either change and move with the platform or you decide to do something else. Mm-hmm. When I decided to do podcasting, it was something that a lot of these subscribers hated. I lost like half a million subscribers. Like Shit. they just weren't on board. They're like, we want you to do your rants or whatever and I explained to everybody else I didn't explain I just kind of did it out of nowhere I, fuck, I, I fucked up my bad guys but what what happened was that this platform wasn't allowing somebody like me who's very uh, opinionated curses mm-hmm. a lot says a lot of crazy shit mm-hmm. to monetize and they also wouldn't post my videos anywhere because it's so controversial because um, it's not kid friendly content right. because family
1: friendly you know what I
0: mean I don't got blue eyes and fucking blonde hair <laughs> not that though anyways (laughs) but you know i don't i don't have these things that google finds very uh marketable and also profitable so i saw this trend and i'm like well either i can do something where i can change my whole content, change who I am and still succeed on this. Because even before this whole thing happened, my, my views were still getting 100,000 views, 200,000 views. It was still decent, right? It wasn't like half a million to a million that it was before. But a quarter million views per video, still not fucking bad. Yeah, you know? that's great. So, But what they didn't also realize is that I didn't make a single cent off of any of those videos for almost like two years. Holy because, what? So on average, and I'll give you guys these metrics, when I was making about two videos per week, doing whatever the fuck I want, enjoying it too, I was averaging maybe about fifteen dollars to $18,000 a month, right? Huh? And this is just two videos a week, right? Averaging about 200,000 views per video uh-huh. um, because the ads were doing well and the adpocalypse ha- happened and I started doing more videos per week, mm-hmm. averaging more views, more watch time, everything else. And then my paycheck went down to about uh, 1900 a month. So Holy. There, there's this understanding that people don't get. They go, you should do these videos. We love watching it. I got to pay bills. Like I can't. I, I enjoy doing those videos to a certain extent, yeah. But nineteen hundred dollars a month isn't gonna keep my fucking bills on. No, period end of and a story. And it's a
1: lot of work. It's that a you fucking put in. shit
0: ton of work. Yeah. It's not like I'm walking around vlogging and not doing stuff with it. Like I, I put a lot of effort into my videos yeah, and people notice it because people miss the sketches. It's like that's
1: why they love it. Yeah.
0: They're like, you miss the sketches. Those sketches cost fucking money. Mm-hmm. Like when I shoot one of those videos, those nineteen hundred dollars are gone. So mm-hmm. what the fuck? So if I'm making about 18000 I'm spending about 5000 to my production, I'm okay with that. Yeah. Maybe even 6000 Yeah. But uh, after a while, the platform changed a lot and I had to make a choice. So when I switched over to podcasting, it was something that I was like, number one, I enjoy doing. Mm-hmm. Number two, I love talking to people. Number three, mm-hmm. I love hearing stories. So I'm going to switch to podcasting and I'm going to see what happens. And I was doing really well on the audio side. Yeah. So, you know for you know somebody like that like my friend like I want to tell him like you have to make those personal choices to make these adjustments for yourself you can't keep beating the same fucking drum and expecting a different tune
1: So times change
0: times change a lot and it's hard to tell older people that sometimes right because we we like to kind of sit in what we want to do and when it doesn't become successful, we look at everybody else, specifically yeah. the youth, and say, oh, the youth doesn't know what what the fuck is dope or whatever. Yeah. But there was a time when we were younger, and we said the same thing about the older generation <laughs> as yeah. well. So either you don't want to do it. Boomers. <laughs> so if you don't want to do it, that's perfectly fine. But you can't get mad at people for not enjoying something that they've seen for 10 years yeah. over and over and over. Even I'm going to get tired of that shit. Yeah. You know? And, you know, some people want me to go back to my old content, which I can, mm-hmm. which I, I feel like rant and, you know, verbal comedy doesn't really die out. It's still something yeah. that's very current. It's oh, very yeah. political. And you
1: could always talk about recent events and everything. Like
0: exactly. That. But that shit becomes exhausting. Screaming to a fucking camera <laughs> 24-7 is exhausting.
1: <laughs> I can imagine. And also not good for your voice. It's
0: not good for your voice. It's not good for your mental health to be angry that all the time either. <laughs> that's so true. Like, and that's what happens. Like, as I got older, <laughs> I became more chill. So it's like, I'm I'm, I'm watching this, this stuff that's happening. And it's... It, for recently, the BLM stuff, which people are like, "Oh, the old Davis shows back," and then I stopped doing the videos, yeah. and they're like, "Oh, where'd they go?" It's like I can't be angry all the time. Like yeah. this is hard. Like I'm, I got to worry about my mental health. I got to be happy a little more. And mm-hmm. if I'm not really passionate or angry about specific things, yeah, it's like I, I can't, I can't fake the funk. It's, it's never been like that for me. Oh yeah. So you know, the space has changed a lot. I mean, I, so you know, just to go back to what I was saying, it's like, it's, it's hard to tell some people that not to really define who they are within their career Mm -hmm. because your career will change all the time. Some people are very fortunate to be able to kind of do what they want to do and have it for the rest of their life. And, you know, people have asked me, well, what's going to happen if YouTube disappears? I was like, I don't fucking care. Like I'll figure it out. Like my life isn't defined by my fucking career. My career is just a small part of my life. Like everything else in this world, there's so much this world has to fucking offer. Mm -hmm. If I disappeared right nobody knew who I was tomorrow I could give a fuck less like I really could fucking care less mm-hmm. right now this podcast is great because I get to reconnect to my fans mm-hmm. uh, I love the people that watch this and this is what I enjoy a lot right yeah. going out doing these shows conversing with people yeah but if, if tomorrow God comes down and he goes David you can't do this anymore I'm gonna take this away from you I'd be like cool thank you for letting me have it for this long I'm gonna adjust mm-hmm. and I gotta do something else because defining yourself in something that's fleeting is the worst. Worst thing that you can do. Yeah, fighters do that shit all the time. People who live in the spotlight and they feed off of other people's energy from that that type of shit. That shit all goes away. Yeah, it, it goes away eventually, mm-hmm. except for maybe some of those few huge stars out there. But at the end of the day, for me, if I could find a duffel bag full of money, <laughs> like like a gajillion dollars, I still do the podcast, but mm-hmm. I take off all the fucking ads. I wouldn't do any of that shit. And yeah. I would just continue doing what I'm doing, whether it made money uh, or not.
1: That's a dream. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that the dream? Yeah. It's like
0: some people would ask, like, if you made all this money, what would you do? I was like, I'd still be doing the same thing.
1: Same. I totally agree. You know? Yeah. Which is why, like, also uh, throughout the times, like, even though... With YouTube, I felt a little discouraged myself as well. Yeah. Because, you know, the music scene has died a lot throughout the years. Mm -hmm. Um, I I still had passion for like making content. And because also I struggle with my voice, it is physically hard to sing every week different songs and things like that and doing original music. I also knew that I had a passion for video games and that's why I discovered Twitch Yeah, and I, I started streaming and I knew that that was like a very big upcoming platform. And so like, it definitely helped to like move with the times within that aspect. And then of course I jumped the TikTok train <laughs> as well. And, um, I think it definitely helped that I started in the scene very early. So I'm yeah. able to catch on with the times pretty quick, but, um, yeah, you made a really, really good point. And I feel like people that are in the scene listening to the podcast... Can definitely take something. TikTok
0: is hard for me to hop on, man. Like I was like, <laughs> I did TikTok for a hot second. I was like, I can't do this shit. Man. I don't
1: think it. Yeah, it's not for everyone. It's like
0: I I, I tried liking it, and I was like, I can't like this. It, it's TikTok is just like Vine for me. I never liked Vine, so yeah. like I, it's hard for me to like TikTok. And
1: Vine was very short lived.
0: Oh, very short lived. And TikTok too, they kind of sell all your information and shit. And, you know the whole. I know.
1: I don't know what's happening with that. That shit
0: is fucking scary to band? me. It's it's. I mean, who knows? I mean, that shit's very. It's very real. So like yeah. I, I'm I'm okay off of that type of stuff. Um. So I decided not to do it, but I still. Enjoy enjoy tiktoks though i like watching that shit especially when it comes up my the twitter
1: memes yeah so i
0: get to watch the best tiktoks when it becomes popping mm-hmm, so i don't the really, compilations exactly that shit makes me fucking die laughing but yeah <laughs> tiktok's so weird though because you'll I'll, I'll see people they go oh i have like i don't know 200 000 followers but those followers aren't representative of the views that they get in terms of their videos like some of their videos will get like Seven hundred views, and the next one will get thirty thousand, and then yeah, another one will get three million. up and
1: down. Yeah, another one
0: will get like a hundred views. I'm like, what the fuck? What's what's the point of these followers? Like, what is, they they literally don't do anything.
1: They don't. <laughs> like, the algorithm's weird. Yeah, yeah. Like you don't get notified when a uh, a person that you follow posts a new TikTok. Mm-hmm. It's just like a, some like Facebook. Like you, you just, just keep scroll. scrolling, scrolling, yeah. scrolling.
0: That, that content part's a little weird. Like, I, I, I like to be a little more selective instead yeah. of having to fish and scroll through a gajillion things. Yeah. But I, I think that's um, that's a preference. That's a taste thing. It
1: is, yeah. So. It's just the co- the platform itself.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of different apps coming out. Like our my buddy David Choi, he's I mean you you met with him, but yep. you know, David Choi's coming out Taco. with this app called Taco, which is gonna be pretty Can't fucking wait dope. For that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean it's, it's a social media platform that I think is gonna do really well. Like I'm I'm behind it. I think it's really dope. Me too. Yeah, it's gonna be fun for a lot of people.
1: Now with TikTok out of the way, I'm definitely gonna <laughs> jump on that. <laughs> so
0: what's what's your what's your next move? I mean, you've 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 gone through a whole shit ton of trials and tribulations, and now you're twenty four. Yes. So, mm-hmm. so so what's your next move now?
1: Um like career wise or career just wise like, everything. Love, everything. life,
0: whatever. What you thinking about?
1: So um definitely did a lot of thinking during this pandemic. You know, I I moved into my own apartment uh in January. Damn. And I have a dog now. So Maltipoo, definitely <laughs> live in the fullest adult life <laughs> yeah. learning a lot about myself um, I still have, I still live really 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 close to my my mom okay. my family um, so it, I still get to see them very often and but still have like my own space you know what I'm saying yeah yeah, <laughs> um, yeah like I think my next moves honestly I I think I was like kind of going through like an early quarter life crisis mm. uh, the past two years two three years and now I just really want to like enjoy the journey of uh learning to accept myself for who I am and all of my my past trials and tribulations um that's my biggest goal just to like yeah find peace mm.
0: um who do you, do you have any like close friends by that you kick it with and yeah well, that's good I have
1: a, I have a few um uh, been very very lucky and yeah, like I, I've I've always been very surra- uh, surrounded with really good people. That's definitely something I've been blessed with all my life, and I'm very very thankful for that. Um, but like career wise, like I do stream on Twitch and. Um, I been, I've been writing for Korean artists, so like I'm still in that industry, but more behind the scenes. So it's like real chill, and I just yeah. get the paychecks rolling. You yeah, know? like <laughs> yeah, I, I I like this. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, like I I still do music. Um, and I think I I, I have a lot of fun with it because I love songwriting, and it's a passion that I developed uh, since I was like 14 years old. Yeah, and. Definitely tapped into that artistry while I was in Korea, actually, because like going through all that life shit, I was able to really find my outlet to express myself through writing. Yeah. And so um, definitely carried over the years and worked on my craft real hard. And now I'm like, I have some pretty cool artists up my sleeves that I've written for. Um, And so I'm just continuing to do that. Having the next single, next huge K-pop star singing my song. That's just, like, my, my main goal. And then, like, of course, acting, but, like, kind mm-hmm. of on pause right now.
0: Oh, that's, the, that's just from the uh, the pandemic going on yeah. right now. So acting is one of those things. Um, yeah. I feel, I feel like acting is one of those... That shit's so fucking hard, man. Like, I... Uh, to get into, like, the mindset of an actor, like, you have to really fucking love this shit, man. Like, acting yeah. is... <laughs> something you really have to love for for the opportunity to do something that you may like the the chance that you'll pop off and make a gajillion dollars off of that shit is fucking slim to none that's yeah it's a very small fucking handful it really is and you know you're like oh you have a lot of friends who are on tv shows yeah but they're not rich yeah. I mean, nope. There's a fucking- reason
1: why we're called struggling actors. Yeah.
0: Like just because you see somebody on a TV show, unless they're like a on a really popular TV show and they're series regulars, it's it's not like that. You it's know? Not. And how many TV shows can you name off the top of your head that you really, really enjoy that's going on right now? And how many slots are there? Yeah. You know? And I think like that that whole acting aspect is just so difficult because it's like being criticized or not even criticize It's like you don't know what the fuck you're fucking up on and you get no feedback and you walk out.
1: Yeah, <laughs> and oh it's my like, gosh. I
0: was like figure it out. I'm like mm-hmm. oh shit, you know what I mean? And you have to figure it out with your with your acting coaches and it's um like I had a, I had a it's
1: a mystery yeah all the time. I had a
0: conversation with this guy named Jesse and uh, he's a Narcos and mm-hmm. came on the podcast and we had a dope conversation and he was kind of telling me about the outlook of act outlook of acting and kind of being able to kind of put your own spin and taste of stuff that sometimes it makes it feel like you don't have a lot of control in these things right yeah uh, depending on the roles that you're going on but you know acting is such a grind and it's such a process that there are people who do it for thirty forty years and they never pop off and That's... they still continue to do it because they love it so much.
1: That's, that's true dedication right there, honestly. Yeah. I don't know if I got that.
0: <laughs> I can't do that. Like, I can't do that shit at yeah. all. Like, I enjoy acting if it's something very particular that I really, really fucking like. For sure. But if it's me having to go on these auditions, like, I don't mind auditions. They don't, don't, they don't scare me anymore. It's yeah. just like, I just go in and I see what the fuck happens. Yeah. But um, the, the the hard part about it is just like, I dread it a lot because I don't like it. And I think that's like the the bigger realization for me was when I was going to these auditions, I was like, okay, I was scared for the first two. After the first two, it's, you just scabbed over. I just go in, in, out, in, out, in, out, call back, call back, call back, call back. Mm-hmm. And you don't get it. It's like, what the fuck is with these fucking callbacks? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I mean, stop calling me fucking back I unless you're going to give me this role. It's <laughs> you know? so
1: hard. And then you get pinned and you're like, wait, I think yeah. I have a chance getting that's, this. That's, like, that's like, the worst. Whoa.
0: Like, don't even fucking pin me. Like, mm-hmm. just tell me yes or no. Like, yep. I don't want to hear any of the shit. <laughs>
1: yes or no.
0: Yeah. Like, I've I've had some... It kind of, like, brings your hope up, and then they fucking crush you.
1: Oh, man. That's why we have the thickest skin, for sure. <laughs>
0: yeah, you just kind of got to smile with it and move on. I mean... Yeah. I think, I,
1: honestly, it's like, I've kind of learned to just enjoy the process, like, and just not really expect anything. I yeah. mean, it's really hard. It's, I still struggle with it a lot, but w- that's why we have, like, a- other outlets of creativity that we can... Like, I I don't know how actors just only do acting and they have yeah. like their their day job like i don't know how they do that um because like i need to do other things to keep myself busy and my mind off of like the audition oh, i just yeah. went on you it's know? hard
0: man just kind of I, I don't i don't understand how i mean i do get it but there's only been i think like every time i went on an audition there was only one thing that i liked out of the whole year when i was going back to back to back to back auditions for all these series regular stuff yeah i only liked one script and I somehow had to pretend I had a, like Oof. 80 of these things, 80 or 90 of these things. And I'm like.
1: It happens a lot. There's just so much content out there. And now that with like, you know, new media and all that stuff.
0: Yeah. And, I, and I, it was hard for me. I think that's the reason why I know that I'm not an actor's actor is because I've, mm-hmm. I've had the opportunity to do things that I enjoyed. Mm-hmm. But then when it came to stuff that I had to act in, that I was fighting for a role that for a role I didn't care about, mm-hmm. it was super hard. Because yeah. I feel like sometimes for an actor, there's just I just want to book anything and I, mm-hmm. I just want to perform. I don't have that. I just I want to perform stuff and act the stuff that I actually give a fuck about. So it's mm-hmm. very difficult. So it's like indie. That's why I enjoy indie films a lot. Yeah. Like if there's an indie film, there's a script that I like and I enjoy. I'll do what I whatever I can to be in it. It's not going to pay much, but mm-hmm. I I like that, and that's You're the about hard the part.
1: The heart of the content. Yeah.
0: So it's yeah. very difficult. Okay. Well, guys, that wraps up this episode of the Genius Brain Podcast. Megan, where can they find
1: you? You can find me at Hello Megan Lee on Instagram, YouTube. Twitter, Twitch, TikTok, <laughs> everything. <now>, Soon, Taco. <laughs>
0: I know. So, wait. So, you've gotten your handle on everything?
1: Pretty much, yeah. How? That's
0: You have a, such a common fucking name. What the hell? <laughs> That's nuts. I, I have my ways. <laughs> <laughs> That's nice. You're so fucking lucky. Yeah. <laughs> well, guys, you can catch the Genius Brain podcast every Thursdays and Sundays, and we will see you all next time. Peace.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Cool.